0: she 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 Today, Tuesday, the 22nd of August, 2023. It's a Tuesday, so I am your host, Connor, joined once again by Dan. Hi, chaps. Regular crew, as per usual. Today, we're going to be discussing the end of Twitter's golden age, the rich men north of Richmond, and how men aren't useless. And that last one's going to be a special segment in communication with our audience, because I think it's worthwhile doing some audience engagement every now and then. A few uh, announcements before we, we, we kick off. I know that there were audio issues with Evil Origins of Feminism Part Two. Heart was a little bit broken when it came out that week before last. So what we've done is our intrepid editor Jack has put blood, sweat, and tears into fixing it, and so it's going up on Wednesday. So that's that's this particular video there. If you haven't subscribed to the website yet, uh, do because Carl and I had had a two and a half hour conversation about feminism and how to stop it. So it's really rich and interesting. Uh, we also have Brokenomics coming out tomorrow. No, today. Today. No, yep. Today, three o'clock. Yep. Today, yep. 3 o'clock, yep fantastic who, who are you interviewing with oh that's
1: a a u.s hedge fund manager james lavish interesting chat about uh sort of macro in the world in general at the moment
0: right fantastic and then just drawing your attention again we've been asked to draw your attention to the to the feedback survey um so you can fill that out i'll be shouting that out in the segment as well and there's also the gold tier zoom call on friday which will be i believe me josh maybe someone else that shows up so mm. that's that's me stop being town crier let's let's get into the into the news today so Elon Musk and his newly appointed minion, that's CEO, Linda Yaccarino, are making some strange borderline suicidal moves in their restructure of Twitter. Um, these include the return of shadow banning, policing disinformation at the behest of the EU and advertisers, and acting a bit like Stasi. So let's let's look at the Silicon Valley getting getting back to business, as usual. Um, before we do, I just wanted to promote something on the website, and that is are, are free articles that go out I've done one on the weekend because everyone insults my music tastes, and I thought I'd vindicate it by looking at existentialist themes in zuma music um, not everything is Gnosticism, but weirdly enough he is he's a bit of a demonologist, and so we have free content on the site but if you if you pay us five pounds a month, you know helps keep the lights on you get all the other premium content behind the paywall as well and if you want to talk about what what premium content you like just a reminder, we have this survey that we've been we've been asked to, to plug. The last question's a bit of a league table about which presenters you prefer. So all the YouTube commenters who can't stand me and Dan can go have fun with that one. Can't, can't quite keep crying. Right. Anyway, let's get on to the, onto the announcement. So Elon's spoken about Twitter recently, and he said that the sad truth is there are no great social networks right now. We may fail, as so many have predicted, but we will try our best to make there be at least one. So He's trying to say there are some noble intentions with his restructuring of Twitter and the rebranding of it as X. Now, as a Gen Xer, I'm sure that you're familiar with getting blamed for everything. Um, but I do think the X branding is horrendous. I understand the intention behind it is to make an everything
1: app. Yeah, it's, it's been a bit of a long run, running theme. And I, I might have some thoughts on this, segment actually, because uh, the, the Brokenomics, which uh, just filmed, which will be going out uh, next week, is actually on Elon Musk. I spent a bit of time talking about what he's doing with X but there was definitely an X theme to this guy so if you look at he we, he bought a McLaren F1 and, and the number plate was X space X yes um his his son literally called X yes Well, some some w- weird variation Final that. Fantasy game that you know Yes him he, he he tried to call well he, he sort of he, the, he he had a payment company which became PayPal that was called x.com so, th- so it's been a, a long running theme of the man's
0: right and hmm. so he's going to c- try and consolidate pretty much everything into and everything app which will be your go to for yeah. media music um subscription based long form writing definitely
1: thinks big i mean he he he's i mean we haven't seen the fruition of what's come about from from tesla and spacex and starlink and all that kind of stuff but the but the scale of the ambition with each of those companies is significantly more than most people think it is when they look into it and so it is it is sort of playing to his strength but he's he's got this big vision which he's trying to implement on
0: i have seen people that have said that he acquired twitter because he wants to make it the means of instant communication between earth and the future mars conference that he wants to make which is quite an interesting angle for it yeah that
1: i I, yeah i don't don't know if it's so much that i mean it could be i mean my my immediate reaction when he bought it was first of all he wants to train his ai algorithm on it because this is the largest um real-time natural language processor going on in the world at any time so that'd be enormously valuable if he wants to get into into ai which he has he's launched xai presumably that's probably it. Um, and, and also, um, there was the sort of original vision for X.com, which is a sort of a bigger version of everything included. So, but actually I will just acknowledge it is a hell of a lot better than it
0: was two years ago. Yes. Yeah. Low bar, admittedly. Yes. Yeah. I think that what we're doing is we're cresting the curve of where it's been mm. fun and usable because the the person he's appointed, because Linda Yaccarino echoed this sentiment, but it's a very hollow echo. Linda Iaccarino says there is an important place in the world for X. Now, reminder, um, Carl and I think it was Harry did a segment on Linda Iaccarino's chequered past. She was a former executive of NBC, I believe, and also she was uh, one of the heads of the World Economic Forum, one of of their chair people. Mm. So she's a regime plant, and it's slightly... Eyebrow raising that Elon has appointed her, but you think it's something to do with placating the advertisers? Don't yeah, you?
1: I mean, I, I, I do. I mean, I, I'm, I'm no fan of this this Linda person. She is sort of standard, identikit globalist managerial type. Um, but she also had great connections in the advertising world. And and basically, the situation that he came in is that Twitter was losing four million a day when he bought it. It, was, are you, are you? Oh, it, could, it could well be. It was, it was a lot of money oh, that it was brain. losing. It was losing on a regular basis and you know even the world's richest man there is a limit to you know the amount of money that he wants to sort of give away and how many tesla shares he wants to sell in order to pop this thing up so i kind of view it is he's doing what he needs to do um to basically keep the keep the uh, the advertisers in place and and she's like the right the right pick to to do the advertising job keeping them on board and keeping them happy while he builds his other plans and then i kind of imagine that she will either uh bend to his will when he starts to move it in the direction he wants to do when he kind of changes the revenue model or um she should possibly go i don't know i don't know which of the two it is but yeah no no fan of hers but i i think he was doing what he had to do to stop the business from hemorrhaging cash
0: yeah i don't know what the board structure is like but i would think that might be a risky strategy because the, board...
1: oh, the, bo- the board structure will be him and a couple of his mates who, who, he, late, right. who he let stay on
0: okay so he yeah could just jettison her when the time comes. Yeah, it wouldn't be a problem. Well, so let's start off with some positive news. One of the things I've seen recently is that they've gotten rid of their TweetCred system. Now, I wasn't really aware this was a I thing. didn't even know that was a thing. So what was that? This was. So this is something that Elon's acknowledged. He says TweetCred is probably the worst product name I've ever heard, and it will be deleted, not renamed. What it does, it's a covert algorithmic shadow banning tool that looks at. It sets you a social credit score based on the accounts that you frequently interact with, not just follow... Or what you tweet out, but right. it's what you like, it's what you retweet, it's what, it's what the algorithm oh. itself presents to you in your suggested feed. So it will put a black mark against you, in a form of guilt by association, okay. and so we use that to de-rank you. They're getting rid of that, so that's oh. a step in the, in the oh, right. I quite like the people who come up in my For You stream. I mean, they are well, yeah, but, quite dank. Yeah, but they're not, they're, they're not getting rid of that. Right. They're getting rid of you being deranked because of who you associate with. Ah, right. That's positive. That's positive development. Uh, There's a new one that is a bit of a fulcrum. There's interesting implications for it. And that's that they're going to be verifying your ID. So if you're going to... Is is this required? I think it's only for the blue ticks. But this is because you're going to be getting monetized and and we'll get on to how monetization works later because people have raised some queries. The interesting part about this is that it... It sold off to an Israeli data collection firm?
1: Yeah, I mean, the Israelis have been doing a lot of, um, a lot of tech stuff on this kind of front. So, so what that strikes me is that if you want to buy a crypto through a regulated exchange, you have to do that whole thing where you take a photo of yourself. It's all, it's all part of the KYC requirements. So this would suggest that he's, his plans to move into the financial sphere are reasonably well advanced. He's taking the first step for the KYC process
0: yeah And especially if you're setting up monetization channels then Twitter could have ev- have its own blockchain technology yes, like it could have its own Twitter currency
1: yeah I mean it would make sense to use one of the existing ones rather than invent a new one or possibly use, so it's probably going to either be Bitcoin or Doge yeah but yeah I suppose it could you could use the Doge. existing
0: infrastructure but you just rebrand it as the Twitter currency like you could you could mm. use the you could use the ethereum tech but rebrand it with with Xcoin something like that. <laughs> Yeah, you could do. Yeah, something like yeah. that. So that, that might be what this staggeringly is. they are, take it oh, down. I can, a, and that- I can hear a thing playing. Um so yeah, that's 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 what that's for. Weirdly enough though, this has been pointed out, they don't require age verification for all users. And yes. um well, they there's been a bit of a debate at the moment about whether or not adult material websites should do that. So there's been a bunch of states, I think. This is Louisiana. Um, they've instituted age verification requirements for access to pornography websites. Mm. And the companies themselves, rather than house all of the information in the secure database, because there's a lot of money in that, they've made the cost benefit calculation just block it in that state and say, right. Your local legislator has blocked access to X amount of websites. That
1: Teenage you've got. boys everywhere learn the value of a, a VPN.
0: Well, yeah, but the overall traffic to the websites has, has plummeted, which. Oh, it's a a good thing in my opinion. Cutting off the boomers, basically. The ones who are actually allowed to watch it. Well, and also lots of the non-tech savvy zoomers and the types that just don't know how those things work. So the companies themselves have gone, well, hang on a minute. You know, we've made a cost-benefit analysis here that we would like quite a few people that probably shouldn't be watching this have Mm -hmm. free access to it so we can sell the inflated viewing figures to our prospective advertisers. So it's actually more expensive to run the website in that state than it is to safely secure all of your ID stuff for the people that can actually watch yes, it. Yes, and there is actually quite a surprising amount of porn on Twitter. That's what I was going to say, because if you look at Twitter, um, this this isn't the case for Twitter yet, but then Twitter's age requirement is 13. Right. Yeah. So they're going to institute age requirements and government ID verification. Yes, You can have porn on Twitter, but you only have to be 13 to use Twitter. It's a bit yeah. of a strange inconsistency here. I,
1: I must say, on. I never I never see it on my feed, but whenever I've used the search function to try and research a topic, mm. if you put in a term, like like a, a couple of segments ago, I was doing a segment on Haiti, so I put Haitian into my search oh, thing. Dear. A lot can, of yes, no A lot of porn came up on that. Um,
0: there's been a recent trend where a lot of these gimmick accounts that I've just muted now, because one, they try and incessantly blackmail you into thinking that every woman's awful, which is just serving regime agitprop. Not all of them. Well, most, most of the gimmick accounts that- like, no, no,
1: no, not all women are awful.
0: No, no, exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, they will, they've started now ha- taking sponsorships from OnlyFans girls that like fake, mm. really extreme posts to then promote themselves underneath it. And you can see that loads of popular posts, the OnlyFans women have gained the, alg- gained the yes. algorithm. But yeah, they'll put as like well. a, a seemingly unrelated reply or something. But you yeah. can tell from the profile picture or the name. Or yeah, the a
1: weird enough reply that it sort of makes you click into it, and then yeah, yeah and then you find it. Yeah,
0: about. it's a clever marketing gimmick. So yeah, so that's everywhere. But you only have to be 13 for Twitter, and then they're going to make you age forever. I'm just pointing out it's a bit of a weird inconsistency. Yeah, they need to fix that. So the, the next one that's that's happening, Block is being deleted. Now, I understand he's he's already had a bit of a back and forth with Matt Walsh, saying we're going to replace it with something better, but. Elon's saying it's just not going to exist anymore except for DMs. Now, one, if you're getting those OnlyFans girls spam replying your popular posts, block is very useful because it means they just can't do that. It deprives them of the marketing strategy that they're going to use. But also people have pointed out it's useful for stopping stalkers and the like. I I use mute fairly frequently. If someone's just being a a moron and they want to incessantly be a moron and waste their own time, then I'll just press mute because I don't have to see you and you don't realize I'm not seeing you. So you you think you're owning the comms or whatever, but actually you're just terminally online, and I get to glow. yeah, up. I
1: never used to bother with any of those until until once you get your your account up to a certain size I mean we're both sort of around the 20 thousand mark i got I, you get a lot of scammers and um
0: well the only fan girls and the, and the crypto related stuff and also boomer spammers who want to definitely send you this one video that's convinced them of the new world order.
1: Well, I don't really mind them so much, but the one, the ones that are sort of definitely bots, I do, I do do a lot of blocking of that now. Well, so. it's just
0: when it's unrelated and it's incessant. I'm like, okay, yeah. all right, you know, calm down. I'm, I'm sure your Telegram chat really enjoys it, but like, yes. I, I'm posting. No, my I, roast, I don't mind those guys. So much. Like, it's like I've got photo roast potatoes here, and you're, you're showing me how yeah. Jacob Rees-Mogg is a stooge of the WEF. Like, cool. Thanks for the info. Yeah. Maybe not right now. So, but the idea that the block is going to go away, I, we don't know what he's replacing it with. Yes, that's the thing. And so it's pretty precarious. And when block is gone, what happens to your block list? They come flooding back or something? I don't know. Well, presumably they're... Or do they get converted into or, mutes? I don't know. Well, um, yeah. So there's, yeah. you know, if I've got all my ex-girlfriends on that list, I don't want them knowing what I'm up to. Yeah. Not not not, not excellent, but all right. Um So Jack, former Twitter CEO, agrees. And he says, 100% mute only. And Elon says, Jack understands. So... Yeah, so yeah, it seems that the block feature is not being replaced by anything quite as permanent. Yeah, I don't, I don't get the uh, silly. Don't get the logic here, but I don't know. Let's no, see what they come out with. No, uh, and now for the bad news. Um, this is all about monetization. So this is, this is Ian Miles who is quite buddy buddy with Elon. He spends a lot of time replying to him, and Elon replies to him, and, and fair enough. And he's saying X pays incredibly well, a complete game changer for creators and commentators. There's. a bit of brown nosing here because obviously if you're the one benefiting from the payment system you're going to say how good the payment system is the revenue sharing model is one that every other platform ought to adopt but of course they won't because they're greedy x is the future now i agree with that in terms of there should be a value neutral even though neutrality Mm. is a value advertising model you won't get that with esgs and gom and all of these ethical advertising strong strong arming boards Mm. but earmiles chong has posted his stats he's doing very well for himself in in Early August, he got about thirteen thousand dollars. In mid August, seven thousand. In July, sixteen thousand dollars. So he's getting paid out for. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, for it is. How many good. followers does he have? Uh, he has. Let's hover over. Seven hundred thousand followers. Oh, that's right? quite a few. Yeah. Well, you'd think that. But then, are you monetized, Connor? No, I don't get enough engagement. Yeah,
1: I because yeah because I'm I'm sort of hovering around the four million impressions a month.
0: Level. Yeah. You need to be five. I'm, I'm about I'm about two and a bit. So, yeah. Carl, boss man, forty five point five million impressions, one hundred eighty eight dollars. Right, something's up here. Yes. Something's very strange. And and bear in mind, Carl has what that's three hundred thousand followers. Oh, so it's about the same as um, Mr. Chong. He's about half of half of Emile's Chongs.
1: Right,
0: but hell of a lot of impressions, but. Even if he was half the followers and half the impressions, yes. he's getting less than a tenth. Right, a bit, a bit weird. Yes. Why is Carl being so punished? And this isn't the only one. Tim Paul was saying, 243 million impressions, four thousand dollars. Now Tim Paul has way higher than Ian Miles Chong. Tim Paul's at 1.7 million. So yeah. He's got a million more followers and a lot less money.
2: Hmm. Bit of
0: an odd trend. Laura Loomer as well. Now Laura Loomer, you know, very high up in the Trump campaign, banned off everywhere, five hundred thousand followers, very respectable. Yes, and she's saying that she got a payout of one hundred and ninety dollars. Very weird. And she's she's actually responding to Ashley Sinclair here, and Ashley Sinclair worked with the Babylon Bee, yeah, and she's got six thousand dollars, but Ashley only has seven hundred thousand. To, so I, know, I know
1: with YouTube, it depends very much as to the type of adverts that get put on it. So finance is very highly scored, but I yes. don't know, whatever else, nail bars or whatever isn't.
0: Yeah. So so Laura Luma is saying that, oh, it's because these people are in the Santos camp. But I don't think that's true. Even though there is a bit of a correlation there, I don't think it's as myopic as whoever you support in the Republican primary is who is going to get paid. Yeah, he, I don't though, think
1: Twitter has enough staff anymore to go through and, and create those individual lists. It probably is an algorithm.
0: Yeah, and I, even though Elon is a DeSantis guy, obviously, because he he posted DeSantis's launch campaign on X, first of all, I don't think it's as simple as Trump v. DeSantis. I think that's reduction.
1: Yeah, whether he's still a DeSantis guy, because when he did that, DeSantis was in a different
0: place. Yeah, he seems to be a bit more of a, a vague guy now. Yes. But in, 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 either, in either sense, I think it's more likely that the advertisers are being a bit more discretionary about who who they advertise with. And we're seeing that because Elon replied to me in Miles Chong. He's confirmed that only verified views count, which is quite interesting. So only the people that view your posts that are also verified is who you get paid for. Yeah. So it's not correlated to follower accounts, but who are the people oh. also getting advertised on? Because you have to attract enough adverts for those verified viewers to see your tweets. So there is the ethical dimension in there of where certain advertisers will not be advertising. Yes, I mean,
1: it might not be as simple as only the verified users count, but it could be um, some standard metric which applies to the ratio of verified to total number of people that view it because you don't want to pay people for bots. And, the, and, and, and basically, he, when he was buying this, he, he made a big thing about at least uh, whatever percentage of, of, the, uh, of, of the Twitter base was bots. So he could hardly then turn around to advertisers and say, I need you to pay the standard rates," yeah. Where he could get around it by saying, look, we're going to base the number of the rate that you pay on people we know are absolutely true and a standard metric between the ratio of people we absolutely know to be true to, to the rest of them.
0: Yeah, which is why he could also be instituting the yeah. government verification system. So he shores up his payment system as saying, well, here, advertisers, I know these are the amount of guaranteed human eyeballs looking at yourself, but the problem is we know the advertisers are also ethically captured, so are they precluding certain accounts and content from being advertised on?
1: I mean, I I just kind of see an opportunity in that, because if that is the way that it's being done, then that gives the possibility of being able to buy some cheap advertising from people on the right, or for people on the right. Yes.
0: Yes. True. Yes. However... The issue with that is if your posts get seen at all. And we are now seeing Linda Yaccarino saying that that's not going to happen. So I'm just going to play this clip in the browser here.
3: Staggeringly, they take it down. And that reducing that hateful content from being seen is one of the best examples how X is committed to encouraging healthy behavior online. And today... I can confidently sit in front of you and say that 99.9% of all posted impressions are healthy. How do you define healthy though? Is porn healthy? Are conspiracy theories healthy? You know, it goes back to my point about our success with freedom of speech, not reach. And if it's, if it is lawful, but it's awful it's extraordinarily difficult for you to see it.
2: But how many millions of people follow Kanye West? Lawful but awful, and he's allowed
3: back on. You know, Kanye, who hasn't rejoined the platform yet, but is planning to do so, um, will operate within the very specific policies that we have established, that we're clear on, that everyone who's watching this or listening on spaces can access themselves. And we have an extraordinary team of people who are overseeing hands-on keyboards, monitoring all day every day to make sure that that 99.99% of impressions um, remain at that number. But we also have to remember what's at the core of free expression. You might not agree with what everyone is saying. We want to make it a healthy debate and discourse, but free expression at its core will really, really only survive when someone you don't agree with says something you don't agree with. And what a great place we would live in if we were able to return to a healthy, constructive discourse amongst people that we don't agree with. So the
0: banality of taking every position under the sun there might have sent you to sleep. Um however
1: it, it feels to me that's that's a strong three steps forward and one step back type thing. Yes. Because I, I, I do still want to acknowledge we are in a much, much better place than we were two years ago. We're in that awful
0: uh, what what are that Joygad.
1: Yes. The JJ. Yes. She 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 was bloody awful.
0: Yeah, she was. However, what she's just said there is the exact phrase that Pajaya Gad was parroting. Freedom of speech, not freedom of reach. Yes. what that translates to is arbitrary, opaque, capricious persecution of things they don't like yeah. under the guy's repressive tolerance. So you'll never know if you are being suppressed. You can only infer it and you'll never know quite why. And it's coming up to election season. So we're going to see certain stories stop trending or certain accounts be locked out. Or Yeah. yeah. So the new yeah. boss, same as the old boss. Basically, not,
1: it's, not it's, right. it's it's better, but it is yeah, it is it is three steps forward and one step back. Well, yeah,
0: we're coming back, we're coming back round. So it yeah. it was better. We're here, we're here. Well, I can see the roller coaster start dipping down now. Yeah, not not encouraging, but but all right. So this is also coming down the the, the pipe. We've got they are hiring a a senior software engineer, and uh, this is so Aaron Rodricks works at at Twitter, and he works at the disinfo elections information operations, and. He's looking for civic integrity and elections team lead. Do we, do we have the actual document open, Jack, by any chance? Um, no? Okay. No worries. So he's in there, says in the thumbnail, are you passionate about building innovative projects that connect people and enable conversations on a global scale? Um, do you want to be part of a dynamic team that influences how the world communicates? As part of trust and safety engineering, we make the platform safe for millions of users working across safety tooling as well as the front end product to build systems that protect conversational integrity. A number of projects that work on, are, that under this role will work on, will be related to civic integrity, information integrity, platform manipulation, and spam. So, in there, they're talking about, in the actual document itself that we haven't got open, um, they're talking about election integrity, and election misinformation. The way we use the word safe these days. Yes. Yes, it's to, oh, would be. to insulate you from things that the regime finds inconvenient. There's also, speaking of the regime, this that's happening. So I've taken this screenshot from from, from Bernie. Uh, she's currently got her account on private, so I hope I haven't violated anything. But this seemed innocuous enough. Yeah. This is a screenshot of what the, the new, as of August 25th, interface is going to look like for anyone that's in the EU. Because the EU are passing their their digital services Act. So it was passed last year and it's going to come into effect. And there's now going to be a Stasi-like function where you can press on the side of any tweet, report this is illegal content in the EU. And the, the details of this bill are quite interesting. So they've got two pages here. So the, the, the Digital Services Act package focuses on content moderation and targeted advertising. Quote, to create a safer digital space where a fundamental rights of users are protected and to establish a level playing field for businesses. A core concern is the trade and exchange of illegal goods, services, and content online. Online services are also being misused by manipulative algorithmic systems to amplify the spread of disinformation and for other harmful practices. Now, they're currently funding, with 1.2 billion euros, a consultation for initiatives on how to tackle election misinformation.
1: So the AFD, basically.
0: Yes. um, Medical misinformation and anti-LGBTQ hate so that's what's going to go in there. So, you basically, yeah. if, if you to say be, to be fair, that we can't say on YouTube, you'll be taken down yeah. via Twitter. I,
1: I can't really blame Twitter for this one because it's EU law. I mean, they, they, they're they complying with it. Yeah, yeah they, they just don't have a choice. I mean, it's just another
0: reminder of how awful the EU is. But, sure. but, yeah. But absolutely. But it's also a couple of things. Number one, the overall user experience on Twitter is just going to get worse. Yes. Because even if you aren't in the EU, people that you might follow in the EU might be subject to this law. So they'll start censoring themselves. Yeah. And two, remember the legislative framework is symbiotic. And Linda Yaccarino yes. works at the WEF, where they get lots of their marching orders from. So yeah,
1: I mean, all the time I get emails saying that um, your your post is, is is illegal under German law. I get or
0: the same as well. Yeah. At which point I just put my fist in the air and go, right, yes. I'm doing something proper, you know. And and then then there's just this last one as well. Um, what they're doing is they're creating a digital ledger of public shaming, because as right. part of the Digital Services Act, oh, wrong button. They're doing a uh, transparency Database of Content Moderation Decisions. So what they do is that any time a ban happens, yeah. the social media platform must publish the the reason as to why. And so if they don't ban people, they get fined. When they do ban people, they've got to publicly post the reasons. That's useful to us. But one, they're probably not going to be truthful about it because they weren't truthful about it. Taking down the Hunter Well, Bible they
1: just life. say something like hate or misinformation or some. Yeah,
0: exactly. And and then now there's like a a public wall where forever your name will be tarnished, particularly if you use your verified ID to access your blue tick account. Mm. So there's going to be a permanent public digital ledger of scarlet letters yeah. from the regime against your social media account.
1: Mind you, I was on I was on the original hope not hate list. I quite like
0: that a few people that we know aren't they yeah. but that's, that's a badge of honour Yes, but the problem is as soon as they start consulting on things like the online safety bill yeah. or in Australia they've got pretty much the exact same legis- legislation yeah. we're probably going to be seeing that that similar little pop up yes. that the EU are going to see so overall Twitter's user experience some people are going to get paid more some people are going to get paid nothing other people might be permanently tarnished with reputational damage from European Union and user interface is trending towards the negative so we'll, we'll keep you posted but twitter's golden age seems to be transitioning into one where the metal is quite a bit less precious tarnished right should we talk about uh rich men north of richmond have you heard that one connor i have heard the song yes i was yes. actually recently in virginia so oh I, right i was in dc so oh was that was that for the uh the timpool thing was it uh, i did that while i was there Right. But, so my my friend lives. In, he lives in West Virginia. Yes. So I actually drove through about three different states. But uh. I spent about five days in Washington. So I was I was near all the people that, that Oliver ran to. Yes.
1: Well, that well, that's the thing. That's the thing that is just north of Richmond is of course Washington DC. So is, yes. So so that's the reference in the song. Um, now we would like to play the whole thing for you, but um, you know we, we have to be careful with copyright, and uh, is it, it, is always is always a bit of an issue for us on this channel because uh,
0: there are things called laws.
1: Yeah. Well, and and, and YouTuber mean so. Um, so if, if you're watching on youtube uh, by all means you, you you've probably seen it already but if you haven't um, do a quick search for richmond north of richmond and then watch this clip um and and if you're one of our if you're on the website we're going to play you a little bit uh, but but we you're, you're going to get cut out if you're on youtube so let, let's play a bit for our subscribers
0: be true but it is
3: Oh, it is living in the
1: So yeah, that was that was a a, a quick cut of the song. Now, um, I mean, immediate reaction—it's quite savage. The whole song, when you listen to it, he's um, got a great voice, but it's powerful because it's everything he's saying on there is true. Um, it's it's like the
0: non-boomer truth version of money's too tight to mention. Yes, yes, that's a good comparison. Yes, where it was very critical of Reaganomics yeah. at the time of where Reagan tried to implement. A uh, sort of trickle down neoliberal system, and it's led yeah. to an uh, even worse trickle up oligarchic system. And he's taking yeah, ex- export
1: of and manufacturing jobs and all yes. the rest of it. Yes, um, but I mean, obviously, this has done incredibly well. It's it's gone to the top of the charts. I and mean, this is a, this is an unknown guy. It's um, number
0: one on Billboard 100 as of today.
1: Wow. Yes. Yeah. That that, that that's powerful. And you know, he was, was just some unknown guy uh, standing in front of his his deer stands um, with a guitar uh, playing. I mean, there, there's a bit of production value in this. Um, so, so something went into this one um, but it's it, I think it's worth talking about so what I fancy doing is basically just breaking down the lyrics and 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 getting into that way and actually before I do so I also want to sort of mention that um, this has been out for sort of a good week or so now and we're getting to the stage where I'm just going to acknowledge yes there are uh, people now coming out with their takes about how it's all a psyop or oh
0: this is what Rory yeah. in the office calls Fed Sheeran yes <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, that's a good one. Um, I, I don't put any stock into that. And then you got the people on the left uh, basically trying to cancel him because they, they they saw his YouTube playlist and he's which
0: had um,
1: yeah some... stuff about nine eleven and stuff like that. And, yes, and so they, they think he needs to be cancelled for it. It's like, well, oh, for God's sake, like, I'm not going to get into that. Even. I mean, there was obviously something dodgy about nine eleven. I mean, for God's sakes, I mean. Honestly, Tower Seven and the Pentagon. I mean, I, I, I don't know how much of it is is uh, is, is wrong, and but there's there's definitely some some wrong stuff in I,
0: there. I, I I don't think they objected to him talking about 9-11, more so just who he thought was behind it. But well, I was I was I was definitely definitely won't mention that because yes. we, we take absolutely no position on that either. It's yes, just, people people are raising eyebrows as to whether or not the fact that he has an affiliation with conspiracy theories who would otherwise yeah. marginalize his perspective to the normie boomers who quite like country music is meant to make everyone that's jumped on this and made it successful look radioactive by comparison.
1: Yeah, this is, this is their sort of standard cancellation technique. And I did quite like his response to it. He just doesn't care. Because I mean, that, that, that's the whole authenticity of this song is he just doesn't, he, he's been so beat down he just doesn't care about this.
0: Well, I think what people might be wary of is if this is another Kanye situation mm. of where Kanye seems to pal up with Donald Trump he seems to make some yeah. fairly base statements about yeah. black and white people. They should get along despite BLM. That fathers should have custody of their children. Yes. And then he starts talking about the mid-century Germans. And retroactively, everyone that has turned around and said, yeah. "Well, we liked what Kanye was saying right up until that point." Looks like they also support. Yeah, yeah, he, had, he, says, he, had, he
1: certainly has some messaging challenges around that when he when he he, yes. he sort of came out and said, "I love um, you know the the, the, the German guy, the mustache man." Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I I have heard an analysis which he was trying to do it from a Christian perspective of he loves everybody, including the most reprehensible people. That's where his mind was. But that's not that's not how it came But he also his said mouth. that
0: technically he can't be anti Semitic because all black people are Jewish. And then he also said right. that he stopped being anti Semitic, well, implying that he was anti Semitic beforehand because he watched Twenty One Jump Street and he saw Jonah Hill in it and now he loves Jews. So, so yes. Kanye is not very consistent, yeah. and so what people might be averse to is whether or not they've supported this guy, and then they look at, yeah. they go digging into his YouTube history, yeah. and then someone can have an easily applicable smear to everyone that has supported him. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like anyway. Lucky, forget, which forget is, that. Which is
1: good. It's so, good. I don't want. I don't want to get into that because no. you know we, there, there is a tendency sometimes in our sphere to just get so black people that we can't have anything nice. Um, but but no, generally this is this is a this is an impactful song. So you know, let, let's just break it down so he starts off by saying i've been selling my soul working all day overtime hours for bullshit pay so i can sit out here and waste my life away uh, drag back home and drown my troubles away and and look this is just speaking to the to the sentiment that he's he's just working every day to survive and i think a lot of people that's why this this resonates a lot of people in exactly that situation the sense of progress that people used to have that they're building towards something you know i'm I'm, I'm, I'm working towards um, you know, buying a home. I'm working towards paying it off. I'm working towards my retirement. I'm working towards my lifestyle, my uh, children's education, all that kind of stuff. That, that for so many people at this point is is out of reach because uh, for, for an ever larger proportion of the working, working man, all that used to be good in life is being skimmed off the
0: top. There's two angles to this. It's that yeah. one, there is a social mobility ceiling that is lowering like a tomb in Indiana Jones. Yes. And the yeah. second one is, what are you working for? Are you working for the subsistence of your household? Because fewer of us have relationships, mm. um, especially young men. The, the stat that I've rattled off to you before is 27% of men 18 to 30 have never even had intimate partner, let alone married, let alone have kids. Mm. So you're not working for anyone in your immediate vicinity because no one's relying on you. And then also, you're not bringing home anything. It's not like you're... Pre-industrially, working with the raw materials. Oh, the,
1: the, the well, yeah, the, the the 1950s life has gone. But
0: yeah. no, no, no pre 1950s, way pre 1950s. Yes, like, like the indust the industrial wage economy means yes. that. You're, but everything like, is transient and, now. Yeah, everything's yes. transactional. So rather than working for the immediate subsistence of kids that rely on you in yeah. your own house. You're not, you've not got anyone who relies on you and you're also working to exponentially make the line go up for someone who's in yes, Westminster so you,
1: or, you, or the, 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 the working man these days exists to support the system not himself Yes, is, is essentially what we're saying. So, so he, I mean he comes on to this so the next line is uh, the next bit is uh, it's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me and people like you wish I could just wake up and it not be true but oh it is. And, and this is sort of speaking to you know this whole song feels like a, a, a funeral dirge for the American dream. Um, you know, it's a sort of continuation of what we're saying. And, and when he says it's a shame, I think he's saying that because it doesn't have to be this way, you know, it, it could be other and it really doesn't have to be this way. The, the reason why the working man is in this situation today is absolutely a product of our financial system. Yes. Um, and I will come on to, to, to that more when there's a, when there's a, there's another bit relates to that. He has a line and this, this one gets interpreted in different ways. So see what you think. He says, living in the new world with an old soul. So I've I've heard lots of reactions that take that either way. I took it to mean um, living in the new world, as in the Americas, with an old soul. So that was a reference to European feudalism and the um, sort of elitist capture that that sort of old fashioned class based system, which wasn't supposed to transfer across to the America post their revolution. Mm. But the other interpretation of that is it's um, living in the new world, as in you know the the, the post GFC. Um, world, you know, this new digital post-internet world, and comparing it to, um, you know, what life used to be like.
0: The bug men via the grass touches.
1: Yes. Well, that, that sort of thing. But also, I mean, this, this is a guy who's presumably about 30 years old, so he would have been a teen in the 2000s. And basically, I mean, I sort of look back now, and before about 2008, the world was just normal. Yep. And, you know, he would be old enough to remember that. And and now that's it's just everything is decaying. Now. Well this
0: is something in your fourth turning economics that you hit yeah. on, but I think this is something that I can speak to being in that generation that's had its metaphysical ties severed, not just looking at it from a yeah. an above angle. If you start a school with a smartphone, you genuinely don't know how to interact with people. No, I didn't. I know lots of people that did. I've interacted with those people and they can't put it down and they and they always have the open door in the back of their mind to what will the crowd think. And, yes. And they're not very grounded people. Like lot they they're, they're concerns are very material and very conditional on social recognition they don't have any deep sincere and transcendental convictions that mm. guide them along and when he says when he says old soul he's talking about being so rather than that class system imported from feudalism i think it's the opposite way around he's talking about the the connection with the earth and the family and the people that you're bringing home to bringing home to the, the, the land you're working with yes, before enclosure and before the centralization in industrial cities. That's, that's a much right. richer and rom, more romantic way of viewing the world as being a part of it rather than itemizing it and taking it okay. out of nature and put it on the shelf. So, I mean,
1: just, just, just using you as an example, how much do you remember the world pre-2008? Um,
0: 9-11 is not. It's, it's in my lifetime, but it's not in living memory. Yeah. That's a, that's a good way okay. of
1: yeah, because I mean, the, the the more I stop and think about how things used to be, it is, it is more and more striking, and I, and I think any any listeners who are old enough to sort of remember the pre two thousand and eight era, you know, it, it was it looked and felt superficially like the world that we live in today, but just without all of the intensity of the bullshit that we've got. I mean, there was elements of that creeping through, like. Um, You know, weeds coming through cracked concrete. But it, but, and, and there there was a lot of that. It was, it was infesting the media and it was getting through, but it just, but it hadn't permeated the culture. It was something that you saw on a screen every now and again. And you, you sort of, you would read articles where people were sort of pushing that sort of nihilistic. Um, sort of world view and, and all the sort of cultural Marxism, it was there and it was trying to permeate it, but it hadn't infected day to day life. It hadn't in, it infected your office place or your, your your normal working week that it has today. Um, and it's just, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I just really feel what he's saying here is it's a damn shame. What this, what this world has become in this a is, relatively this is, short period of time.
0: This is something that we were actually discussing on our lunch break. Weirdly enough, it's that. If you work in a job like ours and you are constantly oppressed by the regime, then you would be miserable if you just treated this as a vector for your own material enrichment and self-empowerment. If you only cared about the money and the online recognition you were getting, because the regime is always going to crush you and economic circumstances are always going to discourage you. So you'd actually hate working here. But the reason the hosts like working here is not because we're all rich and super famous, because we're not, Mm. right? Just a bit of behind the scenes knowledge there. But it's because we're all friends. It's because we're all embarked on a project of moral restitution, and our own little corners of the lotus eaters make a complete picture that we'd rather live on than yes. in modernity. That's that old soul. It's the sentiment of what you're working for, rather than the abundance. Yes. Hypothetical. moving. A,
1: a sense of fulfilment. Actually, there's a there's a website I'm going to bring up in a minute, and it used to be the case pre 1971 where, if you ask people what they work for, a it was some the wording was something like a a, a rewarding. Um, professional life or or rewarding work life was was very much at the top of the list. And then post-1971, basically it slumped right down to the bottom. Now it's all about getting paid because people are needing to pedal faster and faster in order to to, to, to pay the bills. I'll move on to the next bit. Um, So these rich men north of Richmond, as we talked about, basically the rich people in in Washington, D.C., Lord knows they all just want to have total control, want to know what you think, know what you do. And they think that you don't know, but I know that you do. Yeah, it um, sounds
0: like the the thing that's often misquoted as a Solzhenitsyn quote because it's not. But we know they're lying. They know they're lying. They know that we know that they're lying, and yet they still lie. Yes. So they yeah. They don't think you know, but I know that you do. It's we, that latently yes. you can see the decline made manifest, observably, and you know the people on TV are gaslighting you, mm. and they know that they're gaslighting you, but they continue to gaslight you.
1: Yes. Yes. And, well, I mean, we've, we've just had, of course, an incredibly um, obvious and overt example of, of total control, which would be, which were the lockdown crimes yes. across uh, most of the modern which world. Which they're hoping will come back. Yeah. Well, there's another election coming, isn't there? So they, they need their postal votes back. Yes. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's more than that. The IRS uh, are basically up your ass um, if you move around a few hundred dollars. But, you know, if, if you're uh, <laughs> Joe Biden, <laughs> yes, selling, yeah. selling uh, no, housing no developments in Iraq to your, yeah. to your brother, well, big tech, as we just talked about, I mean, e- even though it's under the new era, Twitter is is reverting back into this and the rest of them are 100% signed up to the, to the surveillance thing. Um, the FBI and, and God knows which other three little agencies are sort of working to, to sort of monitor people on a constant basis. And it's just so, you know, th- th- this pretense of a government for the people, it's just so gone. It's, it's the people for the government, you know, these days. You you will serve the government. You Your will tax pay capital. us. Yeah, tax cattle, exactly that, yeah. And it goes on to the next bit to say, because your dollar ain't shit and it's taxed to no end because of rich men north of Virginia. And, and this, he absolutely nails it because, you know again, the working man is being completely squeezed from both ends. He, he's got taxes which are going up all the time that are sort of sucking the life out of him. But at the same time, his ability to actually buy anything is being squeezed at the other end. And so no wonder they're sort of being left with this sort of absolute despair and hopelessness.
0: But it's also the class dynamic as well. It's not Mm -hmm. just how the money supply is being manipulated. It's at the one end, you've got the oligarchs who would like to permanently cement their power. And they've got a symbiotic class that they're importing to create that that dependent voting base who are in the UK specifically being battery farmed in hotels who have themselves none of that old soul. They're all mercantile. So they're actually content to sit like bug men in those little rooms and on the taxpayer tee, just sit outside on the on the pavement and smoke all day at your expense. So you're squeezing it's not it's not the middle class. you're squeezing anyone who does any genuine productive work and has aspirations for family and social mobility to yeah. uh, to be discouraged to work to foster that that dependent population so the people at the top never have their power challenged.
1: Yeah you, you've got to wonder what those um, hotel boatmen are be uh, are sort of being brought in for you know at what point they're going to be activated for whatever the purpose is. Uh, but yeah, at the moment we just, of course, see them, especially in Swindon. We just see them sat around smoking and and going out and proving yourself and buying a new Adidas top because it's what they do. Um, actually, what I will do is just on this point, let's have a look at this website. Um, uh, what uh, W T F happened yep. in 1971? Yeah, there we go. Let me, let me get the uh, the, the mousey. So look, yeah, look at that. Look at that top chart. I mean, this is a lot of what I'm talking about. So the pre 1971 era. Um, you know, but basically the uh, productivity of the economy was, was rising in tandem with the compensation. So basically the, um, the return on assets, um, was, was matched by the return that went out in wages. And basically since that point, there's been no, um, real terms, wage increase, um, in the U S and it, and it's, it's basically the same for, for, for Europe as well. Um, so, you know, if, if you are an asset holder, you have been getting richer over that period, but if you're a wage earner in real terms, you have not been getting any richer. This is the um,
0: frustration when the Marxists say profit is theft. No, it's inflation is theft. That's oh yeah,
1: yeah. absolutely. Well, yeah, Infl- inflation is tax. Inflation is taxation, and taxation is theft. So, so exactly. this. there's there's a whole bunch of interesting things on this website, um, which is well worth checking out. There's there's, a, there's another good one if uh, if I can get to it. It's not too far down. The cost of living. Oh yeah. So this is great. So so the price of a a, a, cam- a tin of Campbell's condensed soup. I mean, look at that. For and this is this is a lovely metric because it goes back well over a hundred years. So you can see, you know that that real term. Well, he's it's, it's not even real term. That's just that's just, just nominal terms. Price of a, a tin of soup as a, as a standard commodity was absolutely flat for for well over a hundred years, um, and then you introduce this new financial system, and the cost goes, goes spiralling up. So you add the cost of the things that you buy in the shop to the taxation that you're being forced to pay as well. Um, you know, no wonder we're getting squeezed. And and actually, we we jump on to the next thing. I've actually done a brokenomics on this website. So um, it's the it's the path the today's problem where I basically go through that website um, uh, a graph at a time and explain what's going on there. So that 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 was actually a very popular one. Um, it, it explains so much of why we are in the situation that we're in now. Um, jumping back to Oliver, um, which actually incidentally isn't his name. It's um, uh, that that's his grandfather's name. I thought I'd mention that before the comments yes. pointed out. Um, his next line is: I I wish the politicians would look out for miners and not just miners on an island somewhere. That, that's, that is a hard-hitting line, because I understand that there's a big miner community um, near where he lives, and of course, n- nobody gives a damn about miners.
0: It has some synchronicity as well with the abandoned, left-behind manufacturing towns of the north in the UK. Because yeah. even And this, this shows the Uniparty is at work, both in the US and the UK, because Margaret Thatcher is most famous for um, the revisionist version of the history is obviously took the fight to the unions, which were infested with communists, and I, I wasn't a fan of the unions. Mm. But by deracinating those towns of, of their inherited uh, professions and prosperity, which usually were mining towns, mm. she didn't replace them with anything. And so she thought, oh, by offshoring, manufacturing, and centralizing all the financial services in London, everyone will be happy, and the country will be yeah. happier. But those men, in the time and place, yeah. had... No ability to generate personal income and some personal meaning for their families.
1: Yeah, to be fair, the deindustrialization that happened under her was a trend that was very much um, underway before she came in as well. But but yes, but she accelerates. Yeah, yeah, that 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 is a part of it. Um, but but yeah, the no, just I mean, just focusing on, on this narrow aspect of it. You know, I, th- I think it was either the miners, or it might have been the oil workers, when they started to experience particularly hard times, that the Washington class and the media class and the politician class basically came out with a, with a learn to code thing. Yes. It's like just, they just do not give a damn about the plight of these people in the slightest. And when these people then sort of turned it around about two years later, when, when there was that sort of tech crunch and, and, and um, you know, started making fun of them on the same basis, they all started getting banned and censored. Um, you know, it's a ridiculous situation. And then of course, the second part of the comparison, which is not just miners on an island somewhere, yes. it, it is absolutely absurd the situation with that. I mean, we, we, we probably don't talk about it enough, but we have a, we basically have a, a pedo class that's protected protected by an elite class because they're the same class of people. Yeah. And everybody knows that the these people are fiddling kids and they're just getting away with it. I mean, I think we had a very popular segment, didn't we? Yeah, it's on, up
0: to about 450,000 views now on the website. Yeah, on, 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 on Epstein's YouTube client content. list. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, yeah. that's some of the clients, but we don't know most of them. That's just, the calendar that was released by the Wall Street Journal. Yes. We still don't know the contents of the Black Book. We still don't yeah. know, for example, Ghislaine Maxwell. She was prosecuted for trafficking children. Who to? Yeah. Oh, no one. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, that's Trafficking to no one. Yeah. Right. Okay. And it's just, it's just so obscene and
1: so absurd that we know that there are these high-level paedophiles that, that operate with absolute impunity, and, and we're supposed to just forget about it. I mean, I've I've I have i i have not even forgotten about the uh, the nineteen thousand girls that were uh, sexually assaulted and raped in in Rotherham. But again, you know, we, we're supposed to just uh tut and tut and move on
0: by the UN aid workers and Oxfam yeah. as well that face no repercussions.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, the, the sound of freedom, which I haven't watched yet, but I, I intend to. It's it's a bit more difficult to watch it over here because uh, it's, it's, it's it's uh when know. it hits
0: streaming, we'll. Uh... Yeah,
1: but, but definitely going to watch The Sound the sound of Freedom soon. But, you know, a, again, this is, this is all part of the deep frustration that these things happen, and we, we're supposed to just forget about it and ignore it.
0: And if we notice it, we're just called QAnon conspiracy theorists. Yeah. Even though oh, yeah I'm going prosecuted um, yeah. for said crimes.
1: Yeah, c- coming to that. Um, the next part of this is, Lord, we got folks in the streets who ain't got nothing to eat, and the obese milking welfare. Well, God, if you're five foot free and you're 300 pounds, taxes ought not pay if you're a bag of fudge rounds. Now this is the one that has caused all the pushback from from the left on this one, um, because the sort of the default position in the in the established class is that you're not allowed to touch entitlements, and that you need to treat those on welfare with with kid gloves. But you know this guy's authentic. He, he doesn't he 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 doesn't look at welfare as you know I'm being made poor by this system. Therefore I I have um, compassion for for all poor people. No, he he's a working man trying to work. And he knows that he's getting bled out. And these politicians are enriching themselves through the power of these entitlement programs. And they're using it as their personal patridge for the, for the, for the many trillions that they move around on this, on this basis. People like that, they want, they want to provide for themselves and their family and their community. They don't want to be paying for some lard barge in the middle of a blue city, wobbling around, um, you know, stuffing their faces with corn syrup and, 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 and sugars. Uh, and 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 the, the, you know the system the, the media class the politicians they basically just lump all of these people in together and just you know the pause.
0: there's a twofold critique there as well he didn't go after the entitlement programs just in the the trickle up inverse demographic pyramid the, the boomers are running up the the debt and yeah. you know taxing people like me in this country him in that country to pay for entitlement programs that they can never quite afford he went after the people that are fat layabouts and yes. and and such a difference the reason is there he's almost talking to them like he's saying if you are this person who's 300 pounds, you don't deserve that and just know that the rich men north of Richmond want you to be this way because they've induced learned helplessness in you because yeah. you'll never challenge their power.
1: It's a vote plantation.
0: Yes, exactly. And, and then the other point is as well is that there is a general attitude and this is why he got attacked on the bo- by the Buzzy positivity fat activists and the like that you should be disembodied and that mm. any judgment and any biological constraint on the satiation of your material desires, which is the new, the new world, not the old soul, as in what can I do for you, Is what can I accrue to myself, is oppression. And so you, as a big fat 300-pound person, are actually serving elite interests because they are yeah. transhuman in their idea that, that their body should not be a limit for how much pleasure they can accrue.
1: Well, th- those people will be coming under regime attack if they weren't useful to them.
0: Yes, exactly. So, so they, they clearly are, and that's that's why they're offering yeah. now jabs to reduce your weight rather than healthy diets. Yeah, it's, it's more transient. It's, it's
1: not vegetables time. and exercise. It's, it's have another product. Yeah, it's it's the technological version of yeah. the
0: Roman banquets to then go into mm. the vomitorium for another course. Yeah.
1: So the next line is, and and, the, and this again speaks to the despair. Young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground because all this damn country does is keep kicking them down. And actually, there was there, there was loads of reactions that I could have pulled from. Um, you know, in relation to this song, but, but, but this one in particular, and this line in particular, just, just caught my interest. And the, the, this guy, he goes into watching this for the first time. And at this point he kind of throws up his hands because it's resonating so strongly. And, you know, the, you know, well, watch for yourself, watch this clip.
3: I never thought I would ever, ever say something about like this, about the United States, about my country and i just feel it it's like every single day they just sit and they beat us down and you see the next person that you might want to like look up to a little bit not just look up to but like listen to and say hey he's making sense in jail next person maybe he might be he seems to be making sense canceled next person but you know what he's kind of making some sense disappeared Got down done with the cia yeah
1: And, you know, I, I feel it. And, and you, can, you can tell why this song has gone to number one. Because, you know, I, I, I had a very similar reaction the first time I heard it. And, and I don't even live in America. I mean, we, we're downstream a lot of this shite. But, um, you know, we, 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 are, we are still getting it. But I mean, well,
0: We are a vassal state, so we import the same culture.
1: Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, if, if, if you're living somewhere and you grew up thinking that you lived in the land of the free, and then you look around you and, and, and think it's because it's so so slow and insidious it's every day this this sort of creeps on you like like a slow dusk
0: it's like the alien blood yeah. working its way through the ship
1: yeah and then and then you sort of listen to this and it's all laid bare and i I absolutely get that reaction um so, so the next part of this is lord it's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me and people like you i wish i could just wake up and it's not be true but oh it is living in a new world with an old soul yeah i mean there's no call to action to this song, I notice, because basically, if somebody in our sphere or somebody like that puts a call to action into something like this, um we, we're either going to go to jail or we're going to get shot.
0: Well, look at Trump. He said peacefully and patriotically, make your voices heard, and he's being tried under the RICO Act. Yeah,
1: yeah, and 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 we have to be very conscious of what we say on, on podcasts like this. Yes. You know, we we cannot put calls to action in anything that we do because. It it will result in an arrest.
0: Yeah, that would be very irresponsible, and we wouldn't endorse that at all. Yes,
1: yes, which is annoying. I suppose we can we can hint at a few things. So so it, it is. I disavow. Lost. Yes. Um. So there's no call to action in this, but later on he did he did cite a Bible verse, um, which is uh, Psalms 37, um, 12 through 20. So I'll just read that because I do want to I do want to inject an element of hope in, into all of this. So. The wicked plot against the righteous and gnash their teeth at them. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he knows their day is coming. The wicked draw the sword and bend their bow, to bring down the poor and needy, to slay those whose ways are upright. But their swords will pierce their own hearts, and their bows will be broken. Better the little that the righteous have than the wealth of many wicked. For the power of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord will uphold the righteous. The days of the blameless are known to the Lord, and their inheritance will endure forever. In times of disaster, they will not wither. In days of famine, they will enjoy plenty. But the wicked will perish. The Lord's enemies will, like the beauty of the fields, they will vanish, vanish like smoke. Now, you don't need to be a religious person to understand the resonance of that, that um, these people will get their their comeuppance. I mean, I, I do believe that. I mean, I know a lot of the content that we produce is rather black but they are going to get their comeuppance. This, this, the, the way I look at it is anything that cannot last will not last.
0: You can only run against the immutable laws of reality for so long until entropy sets in. And, yeah. this, is, and, and, and this reminds me of Ephesians 6.12, which implies that these people are motivated by a malevolent will that they don't quite know, which is we struggle not against persons, but against the principalities and dark powers that work in this world. And that's yeah. his message. It's yeah. these, these people yeah. despise you because they're working for their own interests, which serves higher like I, and
1: I, I, I think the reason the elites are behaving the way they are is because they are scared and they are right to be scared because they can see their power base slipping away. They are losing control. That's why they're behaving ever more recklessly and dangerously because they know that their time is coming to an end. So, you know, there is something positive in this. There was one more reaction video that I wanted to give. Um, in fact, I'm going to show you this graph. Can we, we got the graph? Yep. So basically, this is, this is a podcast that I sometimes watch uh, between three billionaires and, and some libtard um, who, who moderates it. Um, so it's, it's quite an interesting um, you know, perspective they have on markets sometimes. And basically, so they listened to this song, and then they, they pulled up this graph. And what this graph basically shows you, it's the different um, quintiles of, of people of earnings. So you, you've got the, the dotted black line at the top, but you know, they are all in, which is the top 5%. Um, and then you've got the lines at the bottom. so so basically, what's if if you're listening is is the the bottom four lines haven't moved, they're just flatlined forever, basically. um, and then the the people who are doing pretty well, you know their line has been going up and the, the top five percent, their line has been sort of rocketing straight upwards.
0: That's also the the four lines at the bottom are anything below or just above one hundred thousand dollars. yeah, so
1: we're not talking about people who are, yeah, and there's a higher yeah,
0: proportion yeah. of people that make that in the U.K. per population than over yeah. in, uh, in the U.S. than in the U.K., rather.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it, it, it is the vast majority of people that this situation applies to. Anyway, so they get talking about this and, and they are perceiving this in terms of, well, you know, is this guy basically calling for somebody to come along and take away my money and just hand it to those people at the bottom? Complete swing and a miss. Listen, listen to this swing and a miss of analysis.
2: A lot of people want to pretend that this is an issue and they want to get the sympathy of the masses by giving the populist rhetoric of why this is an issue. But when push comes to shove and the question is, do you believe that the dashed black line or the blue line should be legislatively brought down to meet the other lines? People just evade the question. In my perspective, the answer is no, you cannot do that. And the reason why United States GDP is where it is, is because of that dashed line. It's an existence proof of the fact that this is the largest economy in the world. And so one has to make a really simplistic decision, which is, do you want economic supremacy and then try to figure out ways of rebalancing things or do you not? I say you absolutely must start with that, which means that that dashed line and that blue line will always have a rate of acceleration that is greater than the other lines, and that's just natural opex leverage that exists in any company. If you look at a company with 50% EBITDA margins versus a company with 15% EBITDA margins, because one uses technology and the other one doesn't, it's capitalism is rife with these examples. Yeah, Chema, that is the smartest, so I, best thing you've said in 142 episodes of the All In Pod. But I agree uh, 100% with your... I think it's well said. But then you should just say it. I think we do a huge disservice by pretending to care and then not seeing the ugly truth. The ugly truth is none of us want the government to try to bring that dashed black line or that blue line down. We want them to stay out of our way. That is the truth. Yep. So if you talk to that guy that wrote that song and his 80 million followers, he—I don't think. What do you say to them? What do you say to
0: them? I don't know. Can take a shot at this. It's my honest answer. Yeah, thank you, New World Man. Uh, No, (laughs) Um, the problem is not that we all want the Bernie Sanders tax the millionaires and the billionaires. No, no, the problem is the government has been in bed with some of the largest corporations, namely BlackRock, which you've done a, an excellent economics on, to fudge the monetary policy, to instantiate themselves as the unquestionable oligarch class, while robbing us of upward mobility.
1: Yeah, I mean, if, if I was going to try and explain it to, 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 to that bunch of millionaires and actually uh, that, that one who was just about to interject, David Secks, he gets it a bit more. He, he's, he's the one who's been pushing for vacant and dissenters and, and, DeSantis, and he, he actually comes back with a much better perspective on some of that stuff, which I, which I mentioned in the moment. But what I, th- what I think Jamath is not getting there is that it is the financial system itself. It is, if you derive your income from assets, and I showed that line earlier, it's, it's, it's like you're a bird trying to fly on a planet with low gravity. If you make your income through wages, and so it's not derived from dividends or capital returns or the opex leverage that he's talking about there, it's like trying to, it's trying to be a bird flying on a high gravity planet. You know, it's it's not a question because they then get into this whole thing about oh we worked really hard and we came from nothing. It's it's not just a function of how hard you work or how hard smart you are. It's the it's the game that you're playing. And what all of these guys do, and actually, you know, this this applies to me as well. I mean, I'm not smarter or harder working than a whole bunch of people. The reason why I've had some success is because I've been playing the assets game. And assets is just so much easier to lift up in, in a, this sort of permeable market that we've been in for the last 20 years, because you get that much greater return on your effort than if you're just trying to sell your time or, or your labor through, through wages. That is a, that's what's happening, um, which he just he just doesn't get, which which is why I sort of cited that that Brokenomics episode. The uh, uh, the WTF happened in nineteen seventy one because it is all key to this. Um, now, to be fair to that David Sachs guy who was just going to cut in the end, there he does point out that um, actually a large part of it as well was um, the basically every manufacturing job that could be exported to Asia has been exported. Um, you know that's a, that's a large part of it as well. Um, and he also points out that anybody who complains about that is called called deplorable or cancelled, or I would add taken out by Fed as well. Um, so so that's worth talking about. But, you know, and, and, and these guys aren't even in Washington. They're, they're just Silicon Valley billionaires. But you can see the complete disconnect that is opening up in somewhere in America because there is a financial system which rewards people like that and, and just keeps kicking down, like the leaks go, keeps kicking him down every day.
0: If you have a sentimental old soul, it's not yep. of interest to people that want to commodify everything.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to quickly mention now The Guardian because, of course, they never disappoint. Thanks. They came out of a reaction to this. Um, I, I, I'll do this quickly, but I've I, I got to throw this in here. So, so their analysis in this article, um, we can all agree that politicians have caused many of America's problems, but it's harder to argue that our country is being destroyed by short, overweight chocolate enthusiasts. I mean, Christ. So they've gone straight for that line about the the people being three hundred pounds, as and, and they're trying to say, but this guy is saying that that's causing all of it. It's, wh- I, I'm I'm not even going to get into the analysis here. It's just this is how the mind of a well, this is a quizzling. Yes. Uh, th- this is a regime, and and th- and things. This guy isn't even w- rewarded by the regime. He's probably struggling to, to to meet his his wages as well.
0: Like most leftists, he probably thinks of himself as. Part of the rebellion, but you're actually yeah. just a midwit serving regime interests. Yeah,
1: a, 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 a classic quizzling. If you don't know that term, look it up from from, from, the, uh, from the war era. It's uh, is 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 exactly what these guardian writers are. Uh, he then goes on to say, compared with the like, oh sorry, still a reference to politicians looking out for miners on an island somewhere. Apparently, a reference to Jeffrey Epstein's ties to elite figures. Anthony could be uh, nodding to QAnon, the far right conspiracy theories.
0: Or he's nodding to Jeffrey Epstein, who was prosecuted and then yeah. suicided for exactly that.
1: And again, it's like why is this guy going out to bat for the pedo class? They they always do this uh, compared with the likes of Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis and the right wingers sharing his story. He also seems to have a modicum of empathy. Granted, standards are incredibly low.
0: It's just buzzword box He's just peppering his article with as yeah. many inflammatory accusations as possible. Yeah, it's just
1: bloody midweek quizzling he's been compared to um, Bob Dylan and Wooden Guthrie but if either of them ever recorded a song mocking the poorest of the poor it's been lost to history if Anthony wants to keep moving upwards he should aim his punches in the same direction thank you Guardian you know these people are not getting these people are the apparatchiks for the system
0: well they are heavily funded by Bill Gates.
1: Yeah, and I'm just going to leave this segment with a nod to another song that's a bit more recent, which is also doing incredibly well, which is, um, I don't know if you saw it, but the Tom McDonald, and Anthony Cahoon one. Yeah, I,
0: I, I think it's actually, this song is more successful because it's more palatable to normies because most of the Tom McDonald stuff is rap and yeah. You're not going to get your average guy picking up his kids. Yeah, his I've,
1: I've I've never had any interest in Tom McDonald, but but mm-hmm. his but his new one, Your America, is is quite powerful and speaks to this. And and hopefully this is going to become a genre now because you know we, we can't criticise by making a call to action. Otherwise, well, not especially if you're not in America, you're going to get the feds turn up at your door like that. Boom, a a couple of couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, the 70-year-old man, yes. You got assassinated, but but this culture is broken and it is it is spilling out into the culture.
0: Right. Well then. So I don't often descend into the bowels of online comment sections, but I do like engaging with the people on our website, mainly because you pay our wages and some of you have some very insightful takes. Good and, people. And so many such cases, some I assume are good people. And and so I, I recently had a chat with Helen Joyce, as you can see on our website, and this is, this is free, but of course, if you do become a paying member, you can ensure that we can pay for the expenses and all this fancy equipment, so we can keep having these conversations. And Helen and I had a really cordial conversation. She knew coming in, it was a bit like a lion's den because she knew that, we probably wouldn't agree on everything. We would agree on the diagnosis, but not the trajectory of travel, which is why we had a broad discussion about whether or not the TERFs, the trans-exclusion radical feminists, which she is friends with, she doesn't identify herself as that. She still thinks of herself as fiscally conservative, socially liberal, which I think is an oxymoron. But when she comes back, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll hash more of that stuff out. And if folks like us, the more reactionary types can remain allies after we put woke away, and it was a really constructive conversation. But towards the end, in the last 10 minutes, we had quite a lot of comments that weren't happy with some of the things that, that she said. Now, we did post this to YouTube, but then we had to take it down because of YouTube's terms of service because they don't like biology. But you can watch this in info on our website. And in the last 10 minutes, one of the things she said was that men are kind of useless. Now, I don't suppose you've watched this interview yet. No, I haven't yet. Out of context, that sounds bad. And yeah. some of the comments here, won't read out because a bit of swearing, but some of the comments here took a uncharitable oh. interpretation because I think we've heard the term sexist or we've heard misandric rhetoric so often that our ears prick up and it's either boy who cried wolf or we immediately categorize those people as enemies because they might still be holding on to some liberal presuppositions. Yeah, they usually are. That, yes. that is true. So I'm going to play the clip in context and then we're going to discuss whether or not Men are useless, and what she actually meant by it, because I think there's a lot of dispossessed men who feel denigrated in our in our audience. They need speaking to, and I don't think they should be put down. But I also don't think that getting this angry at someone who might be persuaded and on our side is the way to go. So let's press play. I, I mean,
4: I'm I'm, I'm a heterosexual woman. I'm married. I have two sons. You know, I have five brothers. I'm really not anti-man. No, no, and, I've, I've never um, had that impression. And. You know, I do look at young men and think, gosh, you, you know, I mean, men are just a bit useless compared with women. I mean, historically and through evolution, in the sense that men are disposable. Like the thing that men give to the next generation is it's very substitutable and you don't need very many men. And, you know, women are much more precious. Like if you look at a tribal group, the precious thing is the fertile women and the babies. That's that's the um, That's the resource. In a pre-money society. Men are not the resource. And that's why, you know, men are corralled into going out and fighting and, you know, their their blood's wasted in wars and so on. I often wonder how Freud couldn't have noticed that. Like the idea that women envy penises, obviously men envy wombs, for goodness sake. Like that's the scarce resource in humanity, is is reproductive capacity and it's women's. And that's why women men have liked to control it. Um So young men have always had to be given a purpose and a reason and a way to become men because women don't need that, because it's obvious how we do it. Um, And every time I say these things, people misquote me and say, I think that a woman doesn't matter if she's not a mother. Please put in all those disclaimers. I'm just talking about sort of archetypes here in the way that societies are laid out. So yes, so a lot of cultures try to find some way to make men feel like men. Because there isn't a natural, you don't, like becoming a father is not like becoming a mother. And we don't do that. And we tell young men that what makes you a successful man, like is things that are just very hard to achieve. Like we've got rid of a lot of the things that used to be participation ways of feeling good about yourself for both men and women, but it matters more for men, I think. You know, if you've got rid of the church you haven't got ways of just being part of the the way that your church does stuff, which you don't have to be particularly good at. You just have to show up. Um, we've uh, foolishly, in my opinion, told young men that they don't need to look after mothers and children. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm always amazed now when I see young men not get up for a pregnant woman on the train or not help people with their shopping or help people with their buggies or whatever. It's always women who help you. It's not men. But, you know, men have to be told that there's a purpose. They have to be given a purpose. I don't know if you need an initiation ritual, but that needs some thought. And we're not doing that thinking. We're leaving men to be quite useless and aimless. I mean, I'm not against men only spaces because I think, you know, there are places, there are times that men want to be with other men.
0: So. Did you get any contempt from anybody? Certainly no contempt. No,
1: I agreed with like 97.5% of it. There was a little bit that I disagreed with. That, that she made a comment about um, uh, men need to be given purpose. Do they, or, or do they need to go out and find their purpose? And, and there's something in society which is blocking that. You know, I, I might have some wobble around that bit, but actually, the rest of it, and the, the bit about men being. Um, well, w- w- whether it's useless, but you know th- they are the evolutionary bottleneck. They are the com- precious resource. I mean, certainly, yeah, if, if you are in a um, pre-industrialized society, absolutely you want to protect your women more than your men because, well, quite frankly, you can repopulate the entire village with one man, but you can't do it with one woman. Yes. Um, so, you know, I, I, I didn't take issue with any of that apart from possibly
0: the bit about how a man comes into his own. Yes. So So the what prompted that discussion was actually a question about whether or not men have had their participation rituals and the stages at which you can call yourself a man deracinated and removed from them oh yeah so there's yeah. a lack of male-only spaces for example there's a lack of gun clubs the scouts is now unisex yeah. lots of sports clubs are uh, have significantly less funding um there's uh, that schooling is skewed particularly towards a female way of learning and there's a lack of male teachers. There's a lack of male mentor figures within popular culture. There's a lack of fathers generally because 50% of kids in the UK are split between two households. Some rarely see their dad, some that well, never. Because a lot dad. of women are marrying the state now. They don't need men for that. Exactly. And mm-hmm. and so when can you call yourself a man? You're not in proximity to danger. You're not looking after a dependent. You don't always have yes. a father figure hanging over you. And all of those, those men, there's lots of men that don't have families, don't reproduce, yeah. either never will or later and later haven't, there aren't any vocations for them, like she brought up the church, like the priesthood, for example, where they can serve the role of a father culturally without having their own children. All those things are stripped from them. And so what, what I think Helen was actually saying there is that when she said men are a bit useless, what she meant is even usually, some of them are superfluous. So culture, oh, is, yeah. culture is a safety net that gives those men who aren't killed off in a war yeah. and who don't have their own children, Direction so they don't launch revolution against the civilization.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen stats that suggest that, you know, throughout the, the entirety of human history, so we, we're talking about the, you know the, um, you know, the Stone Age as well, but throughout the entirety of human history, something like 80% of men have died violent deaths. Um, w- whereas that is a significantly lower n- number for women, but yeah, and, and and it leads through to the genetic data, which suggests that we have twice as many female ancestors as male ancestors.
0: Well, that's that's this, yeah, oh, okay, yeah. Right. So I actually decided to bring that up. So here's a here's some research from eight years ago now. Uh, these are researchers in Germany, and they said, imagine if a population of a hundred females and a hundred males, if all the females, but only one of the males reproduce, then while the males and females contribute 50-50 to the next generation, the male contribution is just from one male. The next generation would have the same Y chromosome, but a hundred different sets of mitochondrial DNA, which is passed solely down the mater- maternal line. So the majority of women get to reproduce, but some men reproduce with more than one woman because you yes. might remarry or he might have concubines. Well, I mean,
1: that, that's represented in, in modern dating as well. Yes.
0: Yeah, it's the golden penis syndrome that you see on university. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah where,
1: where women are sharing a small number of um, high-value men because yes. it's, it's, it's programmed into them to do that.
0: Yeah, there's a Pareto principle when it comes to mating, yeah. And also, because a woman's fertility cycle is more embodied, it means that they are more, and because their eggs are limited, it means that their path to womanhood is more set in stages. They don't have to have those participation rituals as yes. men do culturally. And yeah. they have a more scarce resource because they have a shorter window of time in which they can actually have children. And the gestational period is very long and, and physically risky. Yeah, on, on, on that sense, they certainly need to get their shit together. Yes, yeah. yes. And so what in other times would happen is that women would set fair standards for the men to have their stuff together in order to have exclusive sexual access to them. The standards yeah. going askew is a lot of why men are feeling purposeless and without relationships.
1: This this is the women just are, but men have to become. Yes, and that is that is so important. Men have to become, but we have set up a society where we're basically trying to make it impossible for men to become, and well, we we punish them for not displaying feminine traits.
0: Yes, and and this is where I think that she was making the Freudian penis envy argument from. One, she was alluding to, um, the particular group in dresses that we can't talk about on YouTube. Yes, but the oh yeah, we
1: really can't, can we?
0: No, we we're not allowed to. But you judging by helen's work you know exactly the group she was talking about yes but the other thing that she was talking about is the fact that women have they front load their social value and yep. the things they can accrue without having to work for them just by being young and pretty and fertile yeah they get that from a much earlier age at the point where men get basically nothing this is the message of andrew tate that resonates with some young men of that the universe apathetic to your existence until you prove yourself and so There is not women be there, but there is a little bit of feeling it is unfair when civilization says, not only are women systemically oppressed by men, so we have to give them the leg up, but also biologically, women front load their value and get lots of free things before men can even work to achieve them. So I understand why I'm not actually condoning some of the language used, but I understand why there's that bubbling resentment there in reaction to what Helen said. They just might be misidentifying it because there's lots of men that are resentful of how civilization is rigged against them both naturally biologically and culturally, in saying that, oh, if you've achieved something as a young man, you're actually just furthering patriarchal oppression. So we should take all that away from you.
1: Yeah, and and, and um, I don't know if you want to mention it here, but I'm still blown away by that by that book that you handed me today. Um, you know, women women just don't realise quite what it's like.
0: Oh, Nora, Nora Vincent's yes. Self Made Man. We'll be covering that at some point in the in the book club. But Nora Vincent was a lesbian who masqueraded as a man for eighteen months. She didn't have gender dysphoria. In in fact, she wrote against it and was cancelled by the, the LGBT. BTQ plus LMNOP community. She got so depressed by her time as a man that years later she went and got euthanized. And part of the catalyst to that was she spent some time dating women while disguised as a man. And she felt that men unilaterally had to front the risk for interacting with women. Yeah. And they were regarded with contempt just for approaching the women, which discouraged them from ever approaching them. But the women also wanted to be approached. So there's this constant paradox where the man takes on all of the risk, but the reward is unilateral. But that women because they're risk-averse, understandably, because they don't know the motivations of men who might be stronger and, and creepier than mm. them, um, women will self-sabotage by not being approachable. And so she's like, this is, this is a constant thing that men have to navigate. It's, it's an impossible tightrope walk where I've got to approach you, but I've got to be somehow exactly the type of man you want before I approach you, but I don't know that until I approach you. Yeah. And so you might just hate my existence for giving it an honest
1: Yeah, and in previous generations, we got around that by getting very drunk in bars. Um, but, but Zoomers don't do that these days, so it's Zoomers, even harder.
0: No, they rarely drink. And also the yes. way dating apps are set up actually discourages yeah. you from
1: getting... I'm, I'm thinking of doing a segment on that soon because I've
0: started looking at it, and um, yes, it's not good. Yeah, well, actually, speaking of dating preferences here, Rob Henderson's broken down the data. I'll be talking to Rob at some point on the podcast. And he said about six in 10 young men are single, 18 to 29. Uh, among young women, a little less than half are single. Pew Research Survey in 2019 said that men 18 to, uh, 18 to 29 reported being single Um, half of them. And women, the figure was 32%. So from 2019 to 2023, singlehood among young men increased 51% to 57%. For women, it increased in 32% to 45%. But even though they're increasing, more than half of single men, that's 52% are saying they're interested in dating, but only 36% of women. So lots of women that are single are choosing to remain single and elongate those years. So not only are women dating a fewer yeah. selection pool of men, they're rating 80% of them as below average attractiveness. There's also a disproportionate number of men wanting to get into relationships, but are being barred from relationships by those women.
1: Yeah, and, and then they're basically going to wait until their prime years are over and then expect one of these guys that they basically ignored to then provide for them. Yeah. And so, a nasty shock when he's like too black billed
0: Exactly. So you you need men not just to yeah. have kids with, but also to look after you when you've got those kids and to look after you when you're a hell of a lot older and you're not able to climb the ladder to reach the top shelf and things like that. like you need men for that. Um, also, you need men to keep up civilization. So there's fatal employment statistics here. So this is from the US Bureau of Labor. This was a couple of years ago. And I just like the framing from from Forbes here. They looked at the annual census of fatal occupational injuries. Looking at 139 separate occupations and discrete industries, an obvious pattern quickly emerges. The safest workspaces are indoors and the safest occupations frequently require education beyond high school. The most deadly occupations, on the other hand, are outside and often involve operating equipment. This largely drives the huge difference in workplace fatalities between men and women. With 4,761 men dying on the job compared to 386 women in 2017. Now the latest figures in 2022, this was women were 8.6% of all workplace fatalities. So... That's men making up 91.4%. Mm. Um, and they, they genuinely say this is surprising. They say in this article, it's a surprising disparity. And this is only surprising if you get all of your worldview from Marvel movies where women are, are just as strong, but that's fine. But the foremost dangerous occupations are commercial fishing, logging, aircraft pilots, and roofers. Now, the reason that men are important is because you don't see the feminists demanding equal access to deep sea trawling. No, and the reason is that's that's a difficult, yeah, it's, demanding it's only occupation.
1: Equal access to sort of jobs that they, they
0: decided they want. Yeah, the unisex avenues of wealth and power as well. So ultimately, yes. feminism serves regime interests because it liquidates you down to the unisex individual consumer, atomized yes. and having no family. Um, which is also what you need men for. But but all right, I, I understand that people were therefore a bit mad when they picked up on men being useless because even though she didn't mean useless in the sense that the regime says useless, well, of course, men uphold civilization. They're taking all of these dangerous jobs. Unique. Yeah, well, when they're allowed to, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. But they're still reliant on them for the time being until they're replaced by robots. And there's also the, the uselessness of men that she raised. They are just sent off to, to fight and die in wars. And this is an article by, uh, by Freya India, who's been on the podcast, interview with her coming out soon. Funnily enough, did you know that, that female leaders wage war more often than men?
1: Well, we've sort of seen that at least today, aren't we? The Victoria Newland effect. Yes, Because we have this dialogue for ages that if, if women were in charge of things, there'd be less wars. And then when, as soon as you look at the numbers, and especially today, it's like the complete opposite.
0: Yeah, for, for about 500 years, so 1480 to 1913, yeah. this was University of Chicago research, they found European queens were 27% more likely to wage war than kings. And I think yes. the reason is, is because they know they're sending the men off to fight and die, so they're distanced from the consequences.
1: Well, yeah, this is this is the sort of upscale version of the, of the drunk girl in the bar trying to get a bar a uh, boyfriend into a fight kind of thing. Exactly. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. She's insulated from the physical repercussions of her actions, whereas men understand because most yeah. interactions are undergirded by the threat of force. If you take it too far, yeah. exactly.
1: But any any violent exchange has the significance to be very serious, even if you don't, even if it doesn't necessarily look that way from the outset.
0: Exactly. And so, so all of those are the reasons why we need men. But why are people sensitive about the devaluing of men? Well. Um, their, their social circles have basically gone extinct. So 30 years ago, a majority of men, 55%, reported having at least six close friends. That number's cut in half. Uh, this is as of 2021. Slightly more than one in four, that's 27%, men, um, have six or more close friends. But 15% say they have no friendships at all. That's a fivefold increase since 1990. So there's plenty of lonely men out there. There's also men that just don't have relationships. Um, women are now outclassing them in college degrees at about nearly 6%, 60%. Of college degrees. Nearly half of them say that they earn more or the same as their husbands if they're, if they're married. Uh, a survey at the Brookings Institute found that US parents, regardless of political affiliation, are now more worried about their sons than their daughters, because the sons are failing in education attainment, they're failing in friendship, they're failing um, in, in, in their careers. And the re- part of the reason is oh, marriage over the last five decades has dropped by 60%, but cohabitation's coming up. So people are treating each other as, as fungible economic opportunities that you can trade up at, at any particular time. And uh, relative to men, a large percentage of women are saying that not being able to find someone who meets their expectations is the major reason they're single. Women's expectations are mis-skewed, and they are undervaluing men, and so they're not happy either.
1: There's a lot I could say on that. but I won't. There, are,
0: there are some perverse incentives. I will
1: save my thoughts on that one.
0: At, at work here, that isn't serving anyone. And so this is why US suicides have hit an all-time high. Uh, It's particularly pronounced among white men, according to the CDC. Uh, Deaths rose nearly 7% in ages 45 to 64 and 8% in people 65 and older. This was nearly 50,000 people that died last year. And from the ASFP, they've looked at the stats and and why this is increasing. The age-adjusted suicide rate in 2021 was 14.04 per 100,000. The rate of suicide is highest among middle-aged white men. That's adjusted as well. The, the times that are most prominent are when they get divorced or so they lose their jobs. So the avenues of purpose are going extinct for men. Uh, in 2021, men died by suicide 3.9 times more than women. There are 132 suicides a day. White men accounted to 69.68% of suicide deaths, and uh, firearms did did 54% of that. So again, more more manufactured consent for the Democrat machine to rob you of something that lets you protect your family. So. Great stuff. There's going to be no cause to equalize these stats, I'd imagine. No, and, and so this is why, and I'll, I'll finish on this, this is why there was a bubbling of aversive sentiment to something that, that Helen had said, even though I think she yeah. was actually being sympathetic to men by saying history has treated us as generally superfluous. Yeah. And it, because there hasn't been a war, because the atomic bomb has cut us all and institutionalized risk, because there's no nobility for fighting and dying for a, for a higher cause now, or even just the brutality of trench warfare. There's a hell of a lot of men that are just sort of lingering about without wives, girlfriends, father figures, mentors, um, upward social mobility, and vocations that allow them and to the serve. And the
1: entire society around them is trying to design them out of the process.
0: Yes. Well, uh, when I went on Piers Morgan, and I was told it's actually good that men are terrified of a false accusation. That is, that is the, <laughs> the devouring feminine spirit. Of, of, of endless henpecking. So even if you try and struggle upwards and try and have a relationship with someone, you will be kicked down and in the face. And, and so I, I see the anguish that, that men are experiencing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this all requires really sincere um, uh, solutions, vocations, and cultural change. But my, my only statement here will be, and I know I'll be chewed up in the YouTube comments for this, as blue-pilled and whatever, but I don't think the resentment is serving you, lads. And the reason is, when these particular women would like us to remove perverts from their segregated spaces, I'll put it that way, who are they going to call? Women have married the yep. state? It's not good. It's going to be up to men to physically remove them. It's going to be up to men to lead the idea revolution that brings these women back towards tradition, particularly when the hard times hit. And so if we are just resentful, we are serving the regime interests that would like us to be atomized, unisex, and against each other. The, the, the more you resent women because we're in the sibling economy where we're more like Cain and Abel than Adam and Eve. The more you do that, the more you play into their dialectic. What you need to be is not resentful. What you need to be is accept that some people might still have liberal sensibilities that they're bitterly clinging onto, but that if we're more inviting, they might be more convinced by reality and the fact that we are good, virtuous men who will lead them out of this problem. And then when they need us, well, they're they're gonna ask. So be, be the kind of man that they can be reliable, uh, they, that you are reliable enough they can call on you when a crisis strikes. So, well, we are in our civilization's
1: moments of crisis right now. Yes. And, and it's the old meme hard times create strong men.
0: You know, you, you should be going through this period being a stronger man because of it. Yes. So, men aren't useless, especially when we're strong. Fantastic. Right. On to the, uh, the video comment. We'll yes. leave a little bit of time to, to run through some of the written ones. So
2: I have some thoughts regarding uh, Peter Hitchens and his uh, Denethor posting. And besides it being defeatist about fleeing your country, the, the problem is like all the Anglo countries are kind of on the same trajectory. So it's a redundant uh, action. And all the third world countries that you can go to them, but you're kind of putting yourself at the mercy of a largely non-white populations that don't really like Westerners and only tolerate them because of the perceived power of Western nations. And, you know, it's only going to get worse and you're not going to have any NGOs to back you up in the coming days. So it's better to stay as lar- in a large group in England.
0: Well, there's, 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 there's two factors here. Uh, number one, if technology and global finance has their way, then you'll continue to see the ratcheting effect of cultural liquidation and you'll get that universal homogenous state that will chase you to the ends of the earth. The, the point of global homogenization is that it's global. You know, There is not a single corner they won't find you in. So you might be able to hold out for a bit, but you won't be able to stop them. So running away won't help. And if you do run away to some backwater place, if that place decides to kick up a fuss against the forces of modernization, even if they don't cave to the UN funding and the like, they will start getting resentful of white people. So they'll just do a South Africa and your life might be at risk. So stay and fight is probably the best approach.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is something I thought about a great deal during the, um, during the COVID era when I was sort of worried about, you know, um, you know are, are they going to force me to to vaccinate the children or take them away? I mean, you, you just didn't know how it was going. And the wife and I spent a lot of time thinking about, okay, well, if, if we need to leave the country, where do we go? And it was a bloody difficult analysis to make. Um, I, I, I think we came down on possibly El Salvador, Mexico in the end, but you know, they, those aren't. Particularly great choices.
0: They're not exceptionally well developed, no. Yeah. And also Bekele is currently being threatened by the US hedge. Yeah, and back it's it's only back a matter of, of
1: time before before their, their people get put in there as well. So yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, exactly. Right. Understand. Few few comments on the website before we before we go in about five-ish minutes then. Uh the Wigan Survivalist. I work in an office in job in finance surrounded by leftists, and the only thing that keeps me sane is listening to you guys to keep me from being nihilistic. One thing that you can be proud of your job is that you're providing a difference to lots of other people, opening their minds and keeping us informed in these dark times. Never stop, guys. You're doing a fantastic job. Best £10 a month I spend. Well, we really appreciate all of your support. Uh, It's difficult to know Cheers, the, Mr. Wigan. the extent to which you're having an impact on the discourse sometimes but mm. then when I say edgy things on GB News and don't get de I suppose that we might be nudging the Overton window and the,
1: Yeah uh, I mean r- I've, r- I've been on the other side of this I've been doing um, those office based jobs surrounded by lefties and it's, it's, it is it's it soul crushing that you just can't speak your mind well you can but you won't last there very long if you did and your, your promotion prospects go and all that kind of stuff so yeah I mean I I, I remember back in those days that um you know it, it, the, the sphere was a bit earlier there but the work that uh carl was doing was yeah it's really important
0: yes absolutely and i'm I'm, I'm glad i get to work with all of the hosts that i do because some of them genuinely like we, we we get on a rib each other on air but but some of those guys are like my brothers so kudos to carl for building a, a really healthy workplace institution. good team uh mason join twitter app curiosity once elon bought it it's poison it brings out the worst in people James Lindsay and Jordan Peterson are the best examples. Anything long-form by those two is interesting. Anything by them on Twitter is unnecessarily confrontational just plain crap. Let Twitter die. Um, yeah. Yeah, so both both of them... Jordan Peterson's writing in haikus now for some reason. Though he's definitely got his vigor back after his coma. He's seeming more like himself. I'm going to be talking about him on Friday. Um, James Lindsay is... Oh, he's just full of shit. I'm just bored of it. He's, he's, he's utter containment. He hates Christians and he has nothing but contempt for people that have tried to Speak plainly and in good faith for him. I mean, he's. No. any time you say, "Oh, have you have you read this?" Actually, you might be, you know, dismissing something out of hand. He'll go on and do baby talk at you and, and call you a Nazi, which is just pathetic. So, yeah, um, yeah. jettison, jettison. I think. Um, also, not everything is narcissism. It's a giant distraction. Hmm. Okay, rant over. Um, Athelston. Any influential billionaire that admires the Chinese WeChat and all the functions of an ending app should be treated with the same suspicion and skepticism the right has for those like Bill Gates. Don't be blinded by Elon's lip service to free speech. I was a bit skeptical of his courting of the Chinese when he first took over Twitter. Because he did celebrate the Chinese Communist Party and he did placate them to launch a Tesla factory in Shanghai.
1: Yeah, I mean, we can't regard him as our guy because he's his own guy and he's got a lot of business interests in China, but he's, he's definitely far more in our direction than the rest
0: of them. So, Macarino, yeah yeah. yeah.
1: yeah, yeah.
0: So all we can hope is that we accrue advantages by accident. All right. Ross Diggle, Tom McDonald also has some cutting lyrics. He does well and is also independent. I just don't like his music style. Well, I, n- I never liked
1: his, his original stuff, his rap stuff, but, but, but this one that I just saw today, that, that was bloody good. So if, if this whole thing launches a genre, I'm going to be happy about that.
0: It's like a uh, Zuby. You know, Zuby's very, very nice guy. Um, seemed yeah. very personable, but I just don't like his rap. It's like, yeah. Fair enough, people that do, all right. Yeah, I'm not, not, not a rap guy. But, but yeah, not 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 my thing. Lord Nerovar, Elon Musk did one good thing with Twitter, which was the free speech policy. Everything else has been the exact wrong thing to do. How can a man be so smart and so stupid simultaneously? Well, I think he's playing a long game and he's he's hiding his true intentions. Definitely. So we'll, yep. we'll see more of that in Um Do you want to read some stuff from your one?
1: Uh, yeah, um, so we got uh, the Unbreakable litany saying, I think the class system is a natural state of affairs for human society, at least in, in a feudal... Uh, society was dependent on bottom-up economics Yeah, if you're peasant staff you would soon follow yeah but I, we, we kind of had this interesting experiment period in, in human history sort of post the um, um the, the great plague the, the, the black death in sort of the end of 13th century where you got a reorganization of social structures and you've got a whole set of competing elites and it sort of set up this period for several hundred years that you sort of had this, this sort of emergence of liberty and what we regard as sort of um well English liberty essentially sort of was born as a result, as a result of that sort of competing system of elites. And what's happened is that those elites are starting to sort of coalesce into a sort of a a more unified vision because those who have not prospered under this system have by, as a natural result of that fallen away out of that sort of elite status. Um, And these guys are just sort of coordinating more, but they've gone too far with this fiat financial system and it's going to come back to bite them. But, um, uh, well, I have, a, I have a whole series of my my thoughts on that.
0: Do you want to do one from uh, your last one? Yeah, I can do. Um, I will. You know, I'll read. I'll read a more critical one. Uh, Mario Manzi, Connor, you're correct. Helen Joyce is understanding and sympathetic to the way society is seemingly trying to destroy manhood, but for an intelligent woman, she came across as crass and somewhat triumphal. Um, I, from sitting in the room, I didn't get that. There was also the time pressure of that she had to go and get a train, so there wasn't as much time to to disentangle that. But, one, if you've met some of the other people that are in the camp that she has another foot in, you will be able to better distinguish the fact that she is actually very sympathetic compared to the people that blame all of transgenderism on being a men's right movement, like Judy Bindle, who's an insane person. Um, Also, we all, particularly if we have lots of airtime, occasionally use the word we don't mean, or her word was misinterpreted and... in kudos to her she did acknowledge the fact that and when she shared the the clip on twitter that the interview was very interesting because she was challenged on some of her presuppositions from a perspective that's completely alien to hers because she's an atheist materialist 90s ish feminist and i'm obviously not and she didn't consider for example how um trans is a consequence of technological progress and feminism decoupling femininity from female biology she just didn't Really think about that, and so she's still got a bit of a way to go. So don't. So my 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 thing was more just um yeah. the, don't don't swear at the poor woman. Not
1: and and, nice. and I, yeah uh, yeah that, that that's fair. And actually uh, I I know we're out of time, but there's just one more comment i will pick on the next one, which is uh, Miss Rat says I think boys and men need to be taught how to find a purpose. Yes. Um, that will make life more meaningful. Yeah, I mean she's absolutely right. I mean they, they used to be called fathers and and, and male spaces, um and and the, sort of the 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 fathers have been chased away to the greatest extent that the state can do so. Or or told that they're that they are redundant or they're stupid the home Simpson meme and all the rest of it are, and, and mail spaces are being closed down of course and yeah and, and that those things existed for a purpose
0: yeah so destroy no fault divorce destroy the welfare state some kind of national service thing that'd mm. be pretty good and on that note thanks yes. very much for watching uh, we'll be back again tomorrow at one o'clock cheers cheers as always Dan cheerio chaps
1: yes and, and thank you Connor
0: yeah till till next time goodbye.